Welcome to Crime Shots. I'm Bree. And I'm Nikki. We're going to do a case out of Hillsboro, Texas. Hillsboro. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm ready. So, Hillsboro is uh, north of Waco with a population of about 8,000. So, it's a pretty small area. We're going to talk about the case of John Christopher Terry. I haven't heard this. Well, good. <laughs> so, it'll be new Hopefully. information for you. Hopefully no one else has either. We'll see. So you'll see. Um, so John Christopher Terry was born on March 1st, 1984. John was married to Rachel Terry. And they had two kids together, Mason and Cohen. When Mason and Cohen were young, very, very young, John and Rachel began to have issues. And ultimately they divorced. And John was granted custody of the two boys. John was granted custody? Yes. Okay, that's rare, but okay, okay. Right, it is rare, but yes, he had custody, uh, and Rachel had tons of visitation. So it wasn't like she was just gone. I mean, it was it was a... Amicable? Yeah, they were working together to take care of their kids. Okay. John is a hard worker. He does absolutely everything he can to take care of his two sons, including sleeping on the couch. Um, he had recently posted within the past few years on social media that he had finally purchased a bed and was planning on picking it up. So, I mean, he was just completely 100% devoted to his kids. Why was he sleeping on the couch? Because he didn't have a bed yet. He but had his kids given had a bed? Yes, he had given his kids beds, but he had not been able to get a bed yet. So he was sleeping on the couch. It was like a pull-out couch. Oh, okay. It wasn't just like a couch. Like, it was like a pull-out bed. Mm-hmm. He worked at Jean's Auto Service, where he was a mechanic. And he lived in a small cabin in a remote area on a piece of property that his father owned. And it was kind of going out towards the airport by Carl's Corner. So it was like North Hillsboro. Okay. And it's 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 really remote out there. It's like a dirt road going out there. Similar to all of the areas that we're familiar with growing up. Okay. So on Friday, October 17th of 2014, John went to work as usual at Jean's Auto Service. During work, his ex-wife Rachel and her live-in boyfriend at the time, Stephen Oberly, stopped by to pick up overnight bags for the kids because they were staying at their place for the weekend. So it was like her weekend, so they stopped by to pick up bags. Okay. As, as, as much information as I could get, I think Rachel went in to get the bags, but Stephen stayed in the vehicle. Okay. After Which is pretty normal for that. I mean, the, the new person usually sits in the car while the other, in the beginning anyway. Right. After work, John ran a few errands, including stopping at a local Walmart to pick up a bag of dog food and cat food. He's seen on surveillance cameras at the Walmart. He walks into the Walmart. He's not acting unusual. Nothing out of the sort. He's completely normal. He walks past the pet area, picks up a large bag of dog food, which he throws over his shoulder, and grabs what appears to be a pack of canned cat food. He okay. purchases his products and walks out of the Walmart at 6.34 p.m. And he disappears. Never seen again. He just disappears. Okay, so he's got a car. Mm-hmm. Have they located his vehicle? So the next day, on October 18th, in Abbott, Texas, about 10 miles south of Hillsboro uh, on County Road 2346, which is a dirt road. A road crew digging a pipeline 
reported an abandoned vehicle. A 2014 blue Jeep Compass owned by John Terry. Mm. But there is no sign of John anywhere. So where his vehicle was found is about 25 miles from his home. So like the Walmart in Hillsboro is like South Hillsboro, but his home is North, almost Carl's Corner. Okay. Mm -hmm. Abbott, Texas is 25 mile or 10 miles South of Hillsboro. So the opposite direction of his home. Okay. So he wasn't on the way home and something happened. Right. His car was found the opposite direction that he would have been going had he left Walmart to go home. So the Hill County investigator, April Stoll, says that there are some some significant findings in the car. Mm, so This is interesting. What is in the car? So his keys are found inside the car. The windows are down. John Terry's cigarettes were in the passenger seat. His cell phone was in the back seat, along with the dog and cat food that he was seen purchasing on surveillance footage at Walmart. No wallet, and there's no blood or weapons or anything like that found. Okay. There was loose paperwork in the cup holder, and investigator Stoll says that it appears like it had been shuffled through just based on the way that it was positioned. So she feels mm-hmm. like it had been messed with, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's little information that authorities are able to release because without further investigation, they can't say for sure what happened or what they think happened. Right. All they can do is just try to look for him. So obviously they begin their search for John Terry. So they call in EquiSearch. So in case everybody doesn't know what EquiSearch is, it's a Texas nonprofit search and rescue organization founded by a man named Tim Miller who in 2000 in the year 2000 his daughter was abducted and murdered mm-hmm. his daughter Laura so he developed this organization which basically brings in a whole bunch of volunteers that dedicate all of their time and energy to help authorities and families finding mis- find missing people, right? Have you ever heard of right. one? What, EquiSearch? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, absolutely. All right. So they've participated in searches for Natalie Holloway, Jesse Davis, Kaylee Anthony, and most recently, they participated in the searches for Vanessa Guillen. Mm, okay. Okay, so, I mean, they get in there, right? So, all the people and organizations are called in to search for John Terry. No one finds anything. Mm. There is absolutely nothing. They have searched all of the land around his home. They've searched everywhere around the Walmart he was last seen at. And all of the land around where his vehicle was found. And they don't find anything. Wow. So, obviously... When a family member goes missing, one of the main things that families do is they want to post on social media. Mm -hmm. So they want to tell everybody that they're missing so that everybody can try to get the word out and keep a lookout for that person. So this is exactly what the family did. And so did Texas EquiSearch. So the family created a Facebook page called Search for John Terry. Texas EquiSearch also posted on their page Search for John Christopher Terry. So both pages are covered in pictures of him. All the information that they have, everything. And the case just goes cold. Nothing. They have nothing. Then, on January 2nd of 2017, which is three years later, authorities catch a break in the form of a Facebook comment on on the EquiSearch page. In December of 2016, EquiSearch had posted that they would be conducting a search on February 25th, 2017. So, like... 
after all the holidays have calmed down, they wanted to do another search if anybody wanted to volunteer to help. So they did that in December. Then they posted again to that same post, like did an update to the post in January, reminding everyone about the search, right? Mm -hmm. So in the comments of that post, a woman by the name of Mac, I won't say her last name just to protect her privacy, posted in the comments on the EquiSearch Facebook page asking them to enable pic sharing and she may have information regarding this man. And she puts that on the Facebook page. Right, in the comment section. Mm -hmm. So a little later that same day, she posts another comment asking for a family member to inbox her (laughs) and that it could be a long shot. That's what she said. She's like, inbox me. This could be a long shot. Okay. Okay. So what she wanted to tell them was that she follows another missing persons page called Missing in Mexico. So she commented on her comment, Mac did, and said that she had shared the picture of him on one of the family sites. So obviously this stirs up a whole mess of stuff. Right. Because now you have childhood friends of him posting on there, distant family members, all these people in the comments want to know what's going on. Do they have any information? What's happening? So they want to know what's going on. So apparently there's a website and it's called missingpersonsofamerica.com. Okay. There's a section of that website for missing men in Mexico. So it's men found in Mexico believed to be from America and they're just like stuck there. They're just stuck in Mexico. Right. Okay. Um, And I can totally see how it would be difficult for a person, for an American to get stuck there. If they don't have a passport, if they don't have any identification, they're not just going to be able to walk across the border. They're not going to be able to just go up to somebody and say, hey, I'm American, and they're just going to be believed. Right. Okay, so this woman from the Facebook comments, Mac, says that she found a picture on this site of what appears to be John Christopher Terry homeless in Tijuana. (gasps) So the website posted a picture on December 24th of 2016, a picture of a homeless man that is and said they believe him to be an American lost in Mexico. That's what it says underneath the picture. They believe him to be an American lost in Mexico. So it's hard to see his face. It's like a side view. Mm -hmm. John Terry has a full beard or had a full beard when the last that they saw him in the Walmart surveillance video and in this one he's got a full beard dark hair the only difference is like he's very very skinny the homeless Mm -hmm. man i mean it makes sense if it's been three years right so the people who host the website and investigate the missing americans in mexico i'm not sure who they are but they actually spoke to the man they said he's in really bad shape and will likely die there if he's not returned to america when they spoke to him they asked him what his name was And he said, John. (gasps) No. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember, that's a common name, right? Yeah, it's a common name, yeah. John, Joe, Jeff. I mean, it's Mike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Those are common. So, could be a coincidence. Right. So, of course, the family and investigator stole immediately start looking into it. Mm -hmm. Is this website real? Is it a legit sighting? How can they determine that it's actually John Terry? Like, what do they have to do, right? Do they want to go all the way down there and, like, start talking to people just based off of a side view picture, right? Mm -hmm. So, the investigators are actually able to get another picture from the website hosts. They said, yeah, we'll go get another picture of him. So, they do. It's a full frontal view of the man, and, I, I mean, it looks like, it looks like a very sick John Terry. It looks like him though. Oh yeah, I think so. Um, However, after careful investigation, 
Investigator Stoll and the Terry family determined that this could not be John Christopher Terry. How do they know? Uh, they just said that after investigation that they determined that is not him. Mm. So the pictures of the man are still listed on the Missing Persons of America website. And now it states that it has been proven not to be missing John Terry. Wow. So like it lists it underneath his picture. It says it has been proven not to be missing John Terry. So mm. all of this happened. All of this stirs up a whole bunch of stuff. And that's when Investigator Stoll decides it's time to release a little bit more information. Of course. Mm -hmm. There was actually evidence taken from both John's home and his Jeep back in 2014 when he went missing. That they didn't release. Right. Okay. So they saw John leave Walmart in his Jeep. So they know he left the Walmart parking lot and there mm -hmm. was no one else in the Jeep with him. So they know that. Mm -hmm. However, investigator Stoll says that she does not believe that John drove his Jeep to Abbott where it was found. Okay, why does she think that? So she thinks that he went back to his cabin in Hillsboro and actually made it to his house. What they're not sure of is if he actually made it inside. Oh, like so, somebody grabbed him before he got inside. It's a possibility. Part of the evidence that was taken from the home was the front door. On the outside of the door, there were small traces of blood spatter. On the front door? Okay, on the front door on the outside on or the on the outside. front door on the inside? On, on the, the outside of the door. Okay. And when I say there are small traces of blood spatter, literally there are four very, very, very small Dots. Oh, wow. So small, in fact, that when they swabbed the dots, it took the entire trace, like, with it. Like, it took the entire dot on the swab. It took the entire All dot. There, so there's nothing left on the door. Mm -hmm. They have the door in an interview that Investigator Stoll did with the Daily Mail, and she literally points out a... B, C, and D. Like, four dots. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Say that again? Say what again? The four... Okay, keep going. So, like, she... Yeah, they and she labeled them A, B, C, and D. Right. Evidence A, evidence B, evidence C, evidence D. Okay. So, Investigator Stoll thinks the car was placed in Abbott, Texas as a diversion to make it look like he drove out there and something happened out there. Okay. She thinks that they set it up that way to throw investigators off and make it look like he never made it home. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, as we know, it takes forever and a day for test results to come back, right? So, they send the this blood spatter off. They don't know if it's John Terry's blood or someone else's or if right. it's related to his disappearance at all and it is now 2020 and they have no results what mm -hmm. how can that be i don't understand that so i looked i i did a search on why it takes dna results or evidence testing to come back mm -hmm. and it said exactly what we talked about like sometimes there's a ridiculous backlog of evidence and they don't have enough people to test it they don't have enough equipment to test it all and then you have situations where you have high profile cases that are actually going to court that they need evidence to present in court and then you have this where you really don't have anything to go off of and you're just kind of waiting and the results of this may not tell you anything it may tell you everything but it may also not tell you anything so that's weird yeah this is kind of where the case is left right now investigator soul interviewed a lot of people there have been numerous searches around i told you around the land around his cabin, around where his car is found, and it's resulted in nothing. He literally no. vanished without a trace. He just vanished. Right. 
So here that's we'll... going to be interesting to see what the blood spatter says whenever it comes back. Right. So the Hillsborough County Sheriff, Ronnie Watson, who is April Stoll's boss, basically says he thinks it's a homicide case, 100%. Mm. And he thinks that so far, whoever's responsible for it has just done an amazing job at covering it up. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. On camera in Walmart, leaves, they see him leave in his Jeep. Mm-hmm. He's by himself, and then nothing. And when they find his Jeep, I mean... The, He's not there. There's no... Nothing. I mean, the cat food, the dog food's still in the back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And Stoll says the reason why... She, and she she also believes that there's more than one person involved. Because she's like, well, if someone had to have dri- driven his car out to Abbott... Right. So the person that drove it there had to either walk had away or have someone to get picked up. Right. Yeah, there's no walking out there. Like I looked it up on the on the map and everything, and mm-hmm. I'm talking like it's a dirt road. I'm not talking gravel, not you know red dirt with rocks and stuff. I mean it is like brown dirt, dirt road. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like okay, for example, if I killed someone, I'd walk 20 miles so that nobody knew I did it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, but no, I get what they're saying. I mean, it, it's more likely probably that he had someone pick him up. Right. Or I say he, we don't know. I also if, think if that there's more someone. that Investigator Stoll knows, obviously, because my first thought is, okay, so the way that this this car was found on this dirt road, it's almost like this dirt road was built for the pipeline that that was being dug Mm -hmm. so i would be like okay this has got to be somebody that's working on this pipeline well i don't know i mean i think it would be kind of stupid of the pipeline worker to you know go and kill somebody and then take their vehicle to where they work right that's true I don't know. It's just... But Stoll says there's still quite a few people that she wants to talk to in the future. She wants to talk more in depth with John's ex-wife, Rachel. Well, it's been like six years, has it not? Yeah. Okay. But in the six years, she has done interviews with people. The ex-wife or mm-hmm. the investigator? No, the ex-wife. The like ex-wife she did has an... done it. Yeah, like she did a full-length interview with the Daily Mail, but she hasn't participated in not one of the searches for him. Oh, that's interesting. Investigator Soul wants to know why the two of them went from barely speaking to phone records showing numerous hour-long calls in the weeks before his disappearance. Oh, so they were barely speaking and then the phone records show... All of a sudden it just picked up like heavy. Like what is going on with that? Right. I was looking at the interview that she did with the Daily Mail, and they asked her about this. And she, she just says, oh, I'm sure I was just talking to my sons. I, I would, mean, there's... She said, I would speak to my children on a regular basis, and I'm sure that's what it was. I mean, could it be? I mean, how old were the children? They were young. They were, they were very little. Like, I'll like, give you an example, okay? My teenagers, if I call them, the, it's, it's five minutes. They don't want to talk to me. Right. <laughs> think about, think about, like, how young your son is, and, like, you know, when you or your and husband away. are away. And, yeah, yeah we'll you call, call him, him and you want to talk to him, but he, he's not going to sit there and talk to you for an hour. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it could very well be that, could not be, but that's why they, you know, they'll invest, they'll, they'll speak to her again. I'm surprised they haven't already. Well, they have talked to her. They just want to, they'll, they'll go in, she says that they'll, 
Investigator Stoll says they'll go into more depth, like in in depth with her at a later time. Okay. I just don't understand what they're waiting on because they've got to be waiting on something. They're waiting on Mm -hmm. that blood splatter or something because, Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, it's been six years. I can't imagine why they're waiting. Right. She also wants to talk to another person remember how i told you john was sleeping on the couch mm-hmm. okay so the day before he disappeared he had posted on facebook that he was very excited because he finally purchased a bed okay and he had an appointment that saturday to pick it up mm-hmm. so investigators want to talk to that person that he was supposed to purchase a bed from <gasps> do they know who it is i didn't even look to see if they know who that is not that she gave that information because she just said she wants to talk to the person he had an appointment with to purchase because a bed this from. happened on a so he went missing on a friday he was supposed to pick up the bed on that saturday he was last seen on friday he was supposed to pick up the bed on Saturday, mm-hmm. and so they want to talk to the... Okay. No, that totally makes sense. Right. I just wonder... I mean, they've got to be able to track to track that. I, I can't imagine they have Well, I'm sure they have... They, I mean, they have his phone, so I'm sure they know who he right. was supposed to... And, I mean, they didn't say anything about the, pe- the people contacting, wanting to know why didn't he show up to purchase the bed or whatever. So, they're keeping this hush-hush. Mm-hmm. They've got some stuff that they, that they know, and they don't want the public to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... John Terry's brother Cody also said that he had recently been seeing a girl from high school and he wanted to make note of it and but he wasn't sure how it ended or if it ended or what was happening with that. <laughs> and one of the things he said he's he's like I'm not going to say she's batshit crazy, but... <laughs> but she's batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, it's like, Just I'm not going to say... Just say it. Right. So, yeah. And then, I mean, it's just, there's been... So, obviously, Rachel now has custody of the boys. Mm-hmm. She's moved away. Um, it's just been... There's just not a lot to go on. I mean... He, I mean, eh. he just disappeared. I mean, he's gone. And, of course, you know, there are people... Could he have walked away voluntarily? Well, I mean, I guess anybody could. However, I mean, he had custody of his two boys. And, I mean... Right. I can't imagine he... Because I would think that was a decision that he made. I mean, it wasn't just like, I'm not going to take the boys. You have to take them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that was a decision. I, I seriously doubt he would have made the decision to take on that responsibility of the boys. If he wasn't in a good place or was planning on abandoning them. Exactly. And that's what his family said. His family was like, there's no way he would go off and leave these boys. No possible way. I hear some crazy stuff that happens at Walmart. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing, though. They have him on camera leaving the Walmart. I mean, he left Walmart. Yeah, but and I'm sure that they looked to see if anybody was following him. But it's possible someone was following him and the... They just didn't see it. And that's possible. I think that they're thinking somebody was at his house waiting for him. Maybe that's what so. I personally... She did not say that. Let me... I'm just going to put that out there. Investigator Stoll never said that. I think that that's what she's insinuating. I think that she thinks somebody was waiting at his house for him. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And I think... The blood splatter on the door... Mm-hmm something happened there but the crazy thing about it is that if there's only there's there was literally four dots of blood spatter and yeah. nothing else so if they're gonna clean up around the area then they wouldn't have missed the four dots of blood spatter but i, I mean i guess it, i don't know i don't know i don't know 
That's interesting. That's going to be really interesting to see what comes of that case. Right. So I'll just go ahead and like give all the descriptions that they've listed on his missing persons flyer. Okay. So he was 30 years old when he went missing. Uh, he's a white male, 5'9", 180 pounds, brown hair, brown eyes. His nickname was Johan. Distinguishing marks and features, vertical scar on his right ear. He has a, a tattoo on his neck. So the tattoo on his neck is like his front chest and it just says 1984 and then on the on his back there's a tribal dragon okay. he wore a full beard and a faux hawk hairstyle at the time of his disappearance and he's got mm -hmm. a gap between his two front teeth in the surveillance footage at walmart where, where he was last seen he had on a black t-shirt and I looked at the video and he's got some like red writing on the front of it and blue jeans. He had on a blue hat with the letter D on the front of it. And it's like a really rugged like hat. And it's clear in all his pictures, a lot of his pictures, he's wearing the hat. Hmm. Um, just a side note, Abbott High School was having their homecoming the night John Terry went missing. They were, they were having their homecoming. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not really sure why that's significant, but it's listed on all his flyers. So I feel like investigators think that that's significant in some way. Like maybe someone came into town for homecoming or something? Or maybe the fact that there was extra uh, traffic going on in town because of mm -hmm. homecoming, that maybe someone saw something or saw the vehicle or something. Does that make sense? I see. Yeah. So they're like, um, you know, he went missing at homecoming. And then people are thinking, oh, oh I, saw, I went to. Yeah. Uh, I was... Right. Okay. Yeah, totally. That I mean, that, that makes total sense. So um, they're saying if anyone has any information, you can visit the social media pages I mentioned. Also, uh, Texas EquiSearch website mm -hmm. and the Hill County Sheriff's Office, specifically Investigator April Stoll. Mm. I mean... It's kind of hard to feel good about any of the cases that we're going to talk about. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we don't feel good about the case. But that's but... interesting. That's interesting. I, I've, I've never understood. People just go missing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just vanish. And one of the things uh, that... Okay, so you know whenever you go and you search something, you know, you're going to search uh, dinosaurs. And then you end up watching a video about, you know, a fish that no longer exists and like you it just trails you off into some deep existence of the internet right, right? so i'm fascinated by texas equisearch mm -hmm. and i think that it's an amazing organization and i would totally volunteer if it was close to me um one of the things that they do one of the um i don't know how else to phrase it one of the things that they utilize is uh drones they will send drones in over whatever land they're searching for that can distinguish the ground and if anything's been disturbed yeah so basically well, i mean they i knew they used drones i knew they used drones um because they can cover a lot more surface area than they can by on foot um, right but they're not like toy drones like what you and i would right uh, not you and i what your husband would purchase to play with <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> it's not like that like these are like scientific videoed like i was watching one of their videos and it's like all like black and white kind of and like you can see the depth of the land and you mm -hmm. can definitely see like i mean you can see where a groundhog has disturbed the land versus 
I'm surprised that you're surprised about the drone. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised by it, but I think, I guess I'm more surprised at how, the first of all, that it's a nonprofit organization that's utilizing this technique. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I was trying to think of earlier, mm-hmm. but how accurate this thing is. Mm-mm-mm. I guess I was expecting it to be like, oh, well, you know, there could be something over here. And then you go and it's like a dog dug a hole. But this yeah. is pretty. I mean, it's advanced. Yeah. Um, the drones and stuff have really gotten advanced. I mean, what are they? T- they're talking about doing Amazon deliveries via drone. <laughs> if they're I not totally already, maybe they one. already are. Well, I know that uh, in Austin, um, they have the little trolleys that will deliver your food. Like a Uber Eats. So they started utilizing that whenever they did the social distancing and everything. And it's just like a little like trolley thing. And they just stick the food in there and it comes to you. And you scan your little barcode and then the lid opens. And there it is. <laughs> you just take it and you go. And you have your food. And you don't have to talk and to anybody. You don't have to try to perfect. socialize. You don't have to ask how people are when you really don't care. You perfect know. for COVID. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, there's just a, a whole lot of unnecessary, bless your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> That's used a lot in the South, right? Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. I was just amazed at this case at how somebody can just disappear, up and disappear like that. Mm-hmm. And so close and I had not heard about it. There's listen, we are coming to find out. There's a lot that we have not heard about. Um, mm-hmm. but Texas is big. We've already talked about that, right? Texas is huge. So there's I feel like we're gonna come up with a lot of things we haven't heard of. Right. But so. that's I think that's one of the hopes of doing what we're doing. Obviously it's something that we're passionate about, but I think that's one of the hopes is that we can help. Um, get the word out there about certain things absolutely kind of do our part without having to be really involved in social media i'm not a fan if it i know (laughs) (laughs) that's so bad i'm not a fan of social media i don't know i know just when i think something's super awesome it turns into just drama (laughs) and i'm like you know what i'd rather just go watch it on tv Well, good. That that was a good. Uh, that was good. Good story. Good missing persons case. Man, I'm really. I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, we'll give an update if there are any updates. I'll follow them on on their Facebook page, and I've clicked on the on the EquiSearch on Texas EquiSearch website. You can actually click on the uh, follow, and it'll send you. It'll send you email updates if there are any. So. Oh, good. Hopefully, um, we'll do that, and then we'll also post the flyer so that we can help get the word out there, too. For the family, I can't imagine what it's like to just... Have someone go missing like yeah, that. I, can, I can't even fathom mm-hmm. what that must be like. For- All right. Well, that's good. On to the next. Here we go. Here we go.